the good word with pastor steven adolfo Ochri. we encourage you to like share and subscribe to our social media channels on facebook youtube and instagram at ccc agape city chapel or at steven adolfo Ochri for the good word of god that will inspire and spare you onto good works and now today's message you're working with uh, the book of Philippians. So we started with Philippians chapter 1, where we learned Christ, the purpose of life. And then we went to chapter 2, where we learned Christ, the pattern of life. And now we are in chapter 3, and then we will finish with chapter 4. Chapter 3, we, we are going to look at Christ, the prize of life. I want to say after me, say Christ, the prize of life. Yeah, Christ, the prize of life. And then God will, we will, we will end it. Christ, the power of life. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable unto you, O God, in your sight. We pray that you stir up faith in us, that we will mix with your word and we shall receive the profit of your word. Speak to my heart and mind that your people will hear you. I pray that let every work of the enemy concerning your word this morning be arrested, intercepted, and be destroyed. And may your people be brought into the realm whereby your word will perfect its wondrous work in their lives. That the reason for which you gave us today and you gave us this word will be made manifest and be made known. We thank you that at the end of it all we shall be equipped, empowered, and enriched in every good thing from you. To the praise and the glory of your holy mighty name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Christ, the prize of life. When we talk about a prize, a prize is an extremely highly valued or something. When something is highly valued, you know, then we say this thing is my prize. Something that we take pride in, we say that thing can be said to be a prize. When we talk about a prize, it's also a reward that somebody who wins a competition is given. When one wins a competition, he's given a prize. Sometimes they are given trophy and or they are given medals and 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 all those things that they are given. And then a prize is also an award given to one for an outstanding achievement. When somebody does something outstanding, something phenomenal, then he is given an award for that which he is given. So in summation we can say that a prize is a value, a prize is a reward and a prize is an award. Are we together? Are we together? A prize is what? A value. A prize is what? A reward. And a prize is what? An award. Are we together? So in Philippians chapter 3, we could see Paul describing Jesus as his value, describing Jesus as his reward, and describing Jesus as his award, okay? Paul described Jesus to the Philippian church in chapter three as his 
value, something that he highly value, that to the extent that he's ready to let go of everything in order to possess that thing. So he said, Jesus is more valuable to me than my academic credentials, than my tribe, than, than every, everything I ever achieved earthly uh, or physically because I strongly value Jesus in my life. And he also saw Jesus as a reward, as a reward that as he fights and competes in this life, then Jesus will be giving him as a reward. In fact, he chose to win Jesus over every other thing. And he also saw Jesus as an award given to him for an outstanding achievement. Are we together? Are we together? Are we together? We have to understand that the description of Paul ought to be our description. The way Paul sees Jesus as his prize, he also is supposed to be our prize. And when we value Jesus, then we will honor his word and we will obey his words and we take his words seriously. The value with which we place upon a person is being determined by how serious, how serious you take that thing for. And if the value we place upon a human being is being determined by how we value his words in our lives and how we are willing to honor and obey his words in our lives. Let me do a little bit of uh, deviation that if you are talking about the, our fathers today, then the value we place upon our fathers will be how we are willing and ready to listen to their instructions and how we are willing and ready to obey that which they, they, they tell us. Are we together? Are we together? Why? Because we value them and we value their words in our lives and we value their role in our lives. In fact, if we so much value our fathers, we will look, we will look down on their weakness and exalt their strength. We, 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 we will not really and be easily and be in a haste to criticize them because of the least provocation. Are we together? Because we value them so much that the little things that they did that we, we are not really in agreement, we are not going to make an issue out of it. And Paul also said that if Jesus is my value and at the same time he is also my role. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to understand that this life that we are living we are in a competition, and we have to understand that we are not in competition with anybody because, you see, life sometimes is like an examination. When you are writing an examination in the exams hall, all of us carry the same exam papers, but the examination of life has different questions for everybody. My examination question is different for your examination question. So when you want to copy my answer for your question, you realize that you have deviated because the way God is leading me in life is different from the way he's going to lead you in life. The questions God will ask me in life is different from the way God will question you in life. And that's why we have to understand that we all of us are not doing the same job. And even if you are doing the same job, you are not playing the same role in the job that we are doing. Why? Because everybody's role is different. That is how come we are not supposed to compete anybody. And even, and even if you are supposed to compete somebody, it should not be your brother or your sister or your neighbor sitting next to you. It should rather be yourself. You are supposed to compete your own vision. You are supposed to compete your own ideas. You are supposed to compete your own desires. You are supposed to 
com compete your own dreams, if you are able to set your side against yourself against your dreams and you compete your dreams, then you'll be able to measure yourself and mark yourself and know whether you are achieving your dreams or winning your dreams or you are not really marking, matching up to the standard that you are set for yourself. Many times, we begin to compete one another. And this person had this, and I do not have that. This person has gotten this, and, and, and I've not gotten that. This person came. I came. I've been here longer than this person. I've been doing this more than that person. And he got this thing, and I have not gotten that. But no, the Bible said, they, the Bible said, Paul said, for we dare not measure ourselves to the number, or neither do we compare ourselves to them, that called themselves apostles, and he said, for they, measuring themselves with one another and comparing with themselves with one another, he said they are not wise. It is actually an unwise thing to compare yourself with one another, knowing very well that the race that you and I, we are racing, everybody has his own track, and everybody has his own finishing line. Am I helping somebody? Yeah. For we dare not make ourselves of the number. Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves. And comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Somebody will get a major breakthrough at the age of 20. Another person will have to get a major breakthrough at the age of 40. Even somebody has to finish his, all his degrees at the age of 30. Another person at the age of 50 when he's about nearing retirement. But in all, if it is in, the, in line with the will of God, then we know. That we are fulfilling the mandate that God has for us. Are we together? Are we together? Please, are we together? So life, we are not competing with anybody. Jesus is our reward in this life. So we must choose to let go of everything in order to win Christ. And we also say... The prize is an award given to one for an outstanding performance. Ladies and gentlemen, for everything we do, every performance we do, every work we do for God, every labor we labor for God, there's always an outstanding performance. Sorry, there's always an award. Are we together? Are we together? The Bible says, for to every labor there is a profit. Unto every labor there is a profit. Everything we do, we receive an award from God. So Paul makes us understand that Christ is our award, but he too or he will also give us an award. And many times people think that, eh, when I go to heaven, I will receive an award. No, 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 no. You will go to heaven and receive an award or even a reward. But ladies and gentlemen, on earth here, God will also make sure that your labor will never be in vain. Am I communicating to somebody? Am I communicating to somebody? In looking at our Christ as our utmost enviable and valuable person of our life, we, Paul reminded us of three things. Paul reminded us of three things that everybody at the sound of my voice this, this morning must also take cognizance of. Number one, he spoke to us about what I call the corruptest of the prize. Everybody say the corruptest. Everybody say the corruptest. Yes, the corruptors of the prize. Jesus, our value. Jesus, our reward. Jesus, our award. But there are some people who we call them the corruptors of the prize. Let's read the scripture. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Take your Bible with me. And I want us to read the whole chapter quickly. 
Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Chapter 3, verse 1. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me, to write the same things to you, it is not tedious, but for you, it is safe. Beware of dogs. Tell somebody, beware of dogs. Beware. Oh, let me hear, let me hear, let me hear. We say, beware of dogs. Beware. This statement is not, a, it's not new to all of us because many times we go to people's houses and say, there's a dog in the house. He said, beware of evil workers. Beware of their concession. The New King James translation says, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in this flesh. Let me give you a little background story. Paul in Philippi teaching because Paul was sent to Philippi to establish God's church there by revelation in the book of Acts and when Paul established the church and in all his missionary journeys, we, are, we understand that Paul visited this church twice because this church was so dear to his heart. But one of the reasons why Paul visited this church twice physically is because he discovered that when he went to preach to them and establish the church and he left, a certain group of people entered the church. And those people that entered the church, they could, we called them Judaizers. Judaizers. They are the people of Judaism. Are we together? Judaism simply means that trying to please God in your own strength and in your own mind. To Judaism, we are not saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. In Judaism, we are saved by your own works. So it is the works of men that they are saved. Judaism People that are Judaizers or are very religious in nature, very, very religious. They give no room for the oppression of the Holy Spirit, nor no room for the oppression of God himself. They are, they are very critical and litigant in their dealings with their fellow human beings. And so when Paul preached and established the church and left, these Judaizers entered the church and they started polluting the mind of the people. Number one, they told them that you, you said you are saved by grace. A man can never be saved by grace alone. A man is supposed to be saved by works because you are supposed to do some works for God to see that you are working before you be saved. So they corrupted the works of Paul. Am I making sense to somebody? Are, you, are we together? I need to get your response. You, you, you look very cold and quiet to me this morning. Are we together? Yes. Are we together? Yes. Very, very important. So Paul said in verse 1, he said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same thing to you is not true, but it is safe. It is safe. It means that I'm writing the same thing over and I'm saying the same thing over and over again. But, you know, I'm not bothered at all. But to you, it is safe. It's, it's supposed to make, it, it's, it's, it's supposed to make your salvation safe. The Bible says be diligent to make your calling and your election sure. So it is Man to make your election or your salvation in the Lord to be sure and steadfast. Why? Because information reaching me from Epaphroditus says that there are some guys that have entered into you. 
that they are making the grace of God of none effect. They are saying that we can never be saved by grace and they are bringing the works of the law into the church. They are imposing the works of the Lord. They are even saying that salvation is of the Jews and no Gentile is supposed to be saved. Jesus came for the Jews. So it's only the Jews that are supposed to, save, to be saved. Those of us who are not Jews, we have no dealings with salvation. So they were corrupting the works of God. So Paul called them, these guys are dogs. So beware of dogs. So when Paul was talking about dogs, he was talking about these Judaizers who are spoiling and corrupting his message that he has preached to the people. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I are the son of my word this morning. I can tell you, you must also beware of what? Of dogs. There are some people on the radio, on television, on the social media, that whenever we hear the word of God, you go and listen to them and they corrupt the word of God that has been preached unto you. Beware of such people. Are we together? Beware. What do their dogs do? They sniff around. So these people, what they do is that they sniff around and, and, and find out what, what, what's the news or what is the new message that Paul taught. And when they get to know that Paul taught about salvation, they will corrupt salvation. When he said Paul taught about brotherly love and brotherly kindness, then they'll go and, and corrupt that. When they said Paul taught about being like Jesus, having the humility and the obedience of Christ, then they also go and they'll corrupt that. So Paul said, beware of these people because the things these people are saying, they are not of me, neither are they from me. These people are coming to destroy the seed. That I've sown into So the Bible Jesus said the other day, and so I went to sow a seed. And when he said the enemy came and sowed test. So these Judaizers have come to sow weeds among the seed I've sown unto you. So be careful of them. Listen, it's not every message that you listen to. Am I happy, somebody? Yes. It's not every message that you listen to. Because so far, because the, 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 the person is popular. And because my pastor is not on television, so I watch this person on television. And that one thing I've seen about people, you know, they say, uh, you know, uh, uh, I am not, I am, I'm feeling bored. So I want to entertain myself a little and laugh. With what? Don't you know that the gateway into your body, into yourself, is through your eyes and your ears? The Bible said the eye of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inward part of his body. If I want to know the inward part of your body, I have to look through your eyes. Doctors will have to see your eyes to see what is wrong with you. The Bible said, be careful what you hear because with the measure you give, will be given unto you. So it means that whatever you hear determines the way you live your life. Oh, Pastor, I'm just laughing. Yeah, for this person, they are, they are cracking. What are you talking about? They are corrupting what, that the seed we have sown into you. So very, very soon, you've forgotten everything that we've taught you in the house of God. Am I communicating? Yes. I said, beware of evil workers. These guys are evil. There's no good before them. When they come, why did Paul say they are evil? Because when they come into the church, they separated the church. Anybody amongst us who brings separation in this world that we are doing, the Bible says, see the person as what? Evil workers. Give me, give me Romans chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Romans chapter 16. Romans Roma chapter 16. Give me, if you can give me that one quickly. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. So, now I beseech you, brothers, mark them. Tell somebody, mark them. Oh, let me hear a voice together. Say, mark them. He said, mark them. It doesn't mean that take, take pen and mark on the person. But in your mind, register those people in your mind. Mark them which cause divisions 
and offenses, which is against the teachings. The word contrary means against. The word doctrine means teachings, which is against the teachings which I have taught you. And he said, when they call you, avoid them. Am I making sense to somebody? Yeah. When we come to church and after church, somebody will call you and say, hey, have we heard? You say, I'm not ready to hear. Avoid them. When they are coming this way, you go that way. You have to mark them because I have marked this person. Myself as a pastor, I have marked some pastors. That when they come to me, eh, always they are coming to tell me. You see, come and tell me how this work, this work, this work is difficult. To be a pastor, eh, it is difficult. I left this place at 4.30, this, this church. I left here. I was here yesterday at 9. I left here at 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> left here at 4.30. Sleeping on the altar and praying. I'm sleeping here. I'm praying. Radio, radio, radio. This work is difficult. So I want somebody who come and encourage us, motivate us, and tell Charlie, yeah, mom, pine, he said, yeah, let's do this so that the thing will work. I don't want people who come and tell me this person has done this, and this person has done this, and this person is having an issue. And no, 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 it is too much. So when they call me, miss call. I've marked them. I've avoided them. Being part of the body of Christ and fellowshipping with God's people comes with certain blessings from the Lord. The church series, Blessed in the House, is a book that reviews the wonderful blessings the Lord bestows on us through fellowship. 30 plus motivational vitamins for daily productivity is another life-transforming book written by Pastor Stephen Adolfo Ochery, the head pastor of CCC Agape City Chapel. You can get these other books and audio messages by calling 024-151-7975 or 020-990-5838. Am I helping somebody? Life has become terrible and life has become tedious. You need somebody who come and tell my brother, today I'm going to hold your hands together and we are going to pray until we see a miracle. You know the message that the pastor preached? Let's use the message and the scriptures to pray until we see a miracle. You know the pastor said we should come for Bible studies? Let's come for Bible studies so that we can understand the word of God and we see the blessings that God has for us. Not somebody who come to talk to you about somebody's issue. Mark them. This work, Mark, are bringing this. this that, that is what the Judaizers were doing. The Bible said they were bringing divisions and they were bringing offenses. I mean, the other day, this person did this to me and he didn't even come to say sorry. And that's how they are. They said they don't like anybody. And then divisions and they are causing offenses. So, don't have you to realize that somebody can get offended and the next person who is, who is not offended, he can sell his offense to that person. Have you to realize that? Yeah. They sell offenses to somebody. Eh, because. Eh, Sort of some time ago, somebody said, eh, eh, they said, when you don't come, they said, they, they, I was sick and nobody called me. Meanwhile, I called the person, Pastor Book called the person, the person didn't even pay. And he told somebody, and the person said, if that is what they did, then me too, I won't come to church. Meanwhile, nobody, nobody has an issue with you. I'm not communicating. Even last week, you called that person, she didn't pick. He said, mark them. Tell somebody, mark them. Another way, shine your eye. <laughs> Open your eyes and see them. When they are coming, they are going to corrupt the prayer. Listen, listen, listen. Anything you do not value, it will not work for you. Am I appeasing you? Anything you attack, you cannot attract. So if you are always accusing your pastor, no matter the prayer he prays for you, it may not work for you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Pastor, I have a pastor, he's like this. I have a pastor, his legs are like that. I have a pastor, they ain't. <laughs> It will not work until you fall in love with him, his personality, the way he speaks, the way he does his things. Because I am me, I can never be anybody. Are we together? 
We say, mark them. Have you seen the work all of us are doing? I remember when we came here, the way the wind was beating us, and the way we had an unwanted visitor here called an ole. Is it ole or something like that? Yes. Sunday morning when we are preaching, it will be hiding over here. And look at the way how God has taken us gradually, one after one day after another, and he's taking us somewhere. This is where we are. This is where we are. We are now, but we are going somewhere. Are we together? And then you allow somebody to come and bring dissension, division, because he was offended about something that is not an offense. But to mark them. These are the corruptors of the price. And he said, which you have learned and avoid them. 18, verse 18. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll go back. 18. For they that are such, they do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ. But they are serving their own stomach. Have you realized some people can go and gossip because of what they, they will give to them? Yeah. They gossip. Oh, because and by their good words, that is, their supposed good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Bible said, avoid them. So Paul said, there are these people who are the corruptors of the price. And I call them, he said, they are dogs, they are evil workers, and they are people that were so much cons- uh, uh, ingrained in concision. When, when, when we talk about concision or mutilation, we are talking about um, circumcision. But I don't want to go back into it because in our days, we don't really have issues with those things. But we are talking about people that create divisions. This work that we are doing for all these years. So somebody just compare. Cutting division. I pray that may the Lord open your eyes to avoid said people. May the Lord open your eyes to avoid said people. And the second thing Paul said, he said, there is also the cost of this price. Ladies and gentlemen, if you say Jesus is our value, our award, and our reward, there is also a cost in following Jesus. Following Jesus is not a bread and butter lifestyle. Sometimes you go through things. Philippians 3, verse 4. Let's do that. Philippians 3, verse 4. Philippians 3, verse 4. Philippians 3, verse 4. He said, verse 4 to 8. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I am also. He said that if anybody wants to think that in this physical world, he's a powerful person, me, I am more. And started talking about his credentials. Okay? No, verse 4, verse 4, please. Verse 4. He started talking about his, his, his credentials. He said, I am... I, he said, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he has whereof, he, that he has whereof, he might trust in the flesh. I am all. It means that people are trusting in the flesh. But you know what? I could have trusted more in this flesh, in this physical life that I have. But I'm not ready to do that. Verse 5 says something. Let's go. Verse 5. Verse 5. He said, I am circumcised on the eighth day. It means that I was born well. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, I, I'm coming from the right parentage. I know my father. I know my mother. I was not just born as a vagabond somebody. No. I know my mother. He said, of the stock of Israel, I know where I'm coming from. Of the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin is the first tribe with which they got kinship from. That's when the children of Israel were looking for a, a king, and then they took Saul from the tribe of Benjamin, which is also the smallest tribe, to become a king. So he said, you know what? I'm from the very tribe that became the first kingship in Israel. You can't look down on me. I'm, for, I'm, for, I'm coming from one of the powerful and the best tribes in Israel. 
And he said, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. It means that I speak well. I speak the Queen's English. And in those days, if somebody says he's an Hebrew of Hebrew, it means that he is not Hellenistic. When we talk about Hellenistic, we are talking about a Greek-speaking Jew, a Jew who is speaking Greek, or a Hebrew person who is speaking Greek, okay? It's like, uh, what should I say? It's like uh, a Ghanaian who is not speaking Chi, but he's speaking English, all right? Okay, when you go out there, they say you have an accent, because your accent is not the same as that of the British, okay? So this one, the Jews who are Hebrews, they also learn to speak Greek, because those days, the Greeks or were the people who dominated the, 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 the day. Or are we together? So he said, you know what? I am not just a Jew who is speaking Greek. I am a Hebrew of Hebrew. I know where I'm coming from. I know what I'm talking about. My, my words and my vocabulary are in the be. And he said, as taught in the law, I'm a Pharisee. It means that I work with the law. I work by the law. I live my life according to the tenets of the law. It means that every word of the law, I obey it to the core. Yes. Yes. And verse 6 says something. Verse 6. He said, concerning Z, persecuting the church. Oh, boy. When we are looking for people who wanted to destroy the church, I was there. I, had, I was so zealous to destroy the church. Touching righteousness, which is in the law, which means that concerning self-righteousness, human imposed righteousness. I did it so well that I was even blameless. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Concerning people that are self-righteous and human righteous. Oh, I did it so well that I was so blameless. Verse 7. Verse 7. But all these things that were a prophet, valuable, gain to me, I counted them as what? As lost for who? For Christ. So you mean that when I got Christ, when I see Jesus as my award, reward and value, oh, I forgot about all these things because to get Christ is enough. When I get Jesus, all these things are enough. All these things are no, are no more. I don't value them anymore. Which means that I am paying the price. This is the cost. This is the things that are cost to me. In order to get Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if we really, 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 really want to get Christ, we have to learn something from this. We have to, let, we have to do some things for God. And verse 8 says something. Verse 8, he says something. I love that one. He said, yeah, doubtless. And I count all these things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung. The word dung means rubbish. Okay? Rubbish. That I may do what? I may get Jesus as my trophy. I count all these things as rubbish. So that to the end, I'll be able to do what? To win Christ. It means that I am ready. I am ready. I am ready. I am ready. I am ready to let all these things go and to pay the cost. To pay the price. To bear the cost. To win Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, when you decide to follow Jesus, you must learn to let some things go. Am I helping somebody? And when you come to the house of God, you have to let some things go. You have to let your pride, your, your pomp and pageantry, your, 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 your degrees, your everything, and so that, so that you can come down and do something for God. As for me, I am this. As for me, you know, Utu for me. As for me, we are we are we are from the Mencia. As for me, we are from this. As for me, as for me, I went to school in the what? I went to school in the Cambridge. I went to school in the. I, I, I was in I was in the Ivy League schools and, and so what? <laughs> Paul said I had all these things, but I threw them away. 
so that I can win Jesus Christ. It means that I didn't allow any of these things to enter into my head. When I value Christ, I look down on all those things because to win Christ is more important than these things. So I pay the price. There is a cost to pray to win Jesus. And finally, he said, show, show, show. And finally, he said, when I pay the price, there will be a crown for this price. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Philippians 3, 17. Let's do that. He said, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have asked for a pattern for many walk are we together? For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Let's jump to verse 20. He said, for our citizenship, 20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. Let me take time and talk about our citizenship. When you use the King James, New King James says, for our citizenship. When you use the King, King James said for our conversation. It was a conversation. Because citizenship. When we use the word conversation, three, two words come to mind. We have the uh, citizenship and we have the colony. The word, that's why sometimes you need to use a lot of Bibles because when you say conversation, you might say you are talking to somebody. Okay? He's talking about where we are conversing from, where we are coming from. And he said, where we are living our citizenship, our colony, uh, where we are controlled from is in heaven. And that is where we are also looking for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he trying to tell us? What he's trying to tell us is that our, even though we are on this surface of the earth, our life is not governed by this earth. Our life is governed by what? By heaven. Where we look for the Savior. Where we will go and meet our Savior who is the Lord Jesus Christ. 21. 21. Quickly. 21. Who shall change this mortal body that it may be formed or fashioned or made unto like unto his glorious body. So Jesus, when we go to heaven, he will change this our physical body and we take what? A glorious what? A glorious what? I want to hear everybody. A glorious what? Yeah. This vile body will be destroyed and will take a glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So Paul said, you know what? I'm ready to pay the price, but this time I know that I'll have a crown of this price. Oh, Jesus will give me a crown. Hello? Ladies and gentlemen, in serving God and in denying ourselves, Paul said, I have denied myself of the things that were important to me. But now, because I have denied myself, now Christ is going to give me a crown. In my studies, I discovered that there are 22 mentions of crown in the Bible. 22. I want to give it them to you. 22 mentions of crown. We have, um, we have 12 of them in the Old Testament. That is 12 of them in the Old Testament. It means that some of, the, some of the crowns in the Old Testament also repeated itself in the New Testament. And we have 10 of them in the New Testament. What kind of crown was Paul talking about? Let, let me show you quickly. Take your Bible. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm jumping on somebody. I'm jumping on something. I have to jump. Number one, Paul makes us understand that we have something called the crown of thorns. 
John chapter 19, verse 5. It's a crown of suffering. That's the crown they put on Jesus' head. That's the crown they put on Jesus' head. They have the crown of thorns. And we have 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. He said, we have corruptible crown. That is a crown that is corrupt, that can be corrupted. Are we together? Are we together? That crown can be destroyed. Corruptible crown. And we have incorruptible crown. Let's read that scripture. I love that scripture. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. First Corinthians 9 to 25. Take your back. First Corinthians 9 25. He said, Do you not know that all those who run in a race all run, but one receive the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain. And verse 25. And where are you? And everyone who competes. For the prize is temperate in all things. In all things. How many of you know a gentleman called, uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Usain Bolt. How many of you remember Usain Bolt? The fastest, he's the fastest man on earth, right? And I watched his documentary and he was doing exercise training for the sports. And, it, and you see, he lives in a very huge mansion. And everything is in the house. It doesn't, they don't allow him to go out. And the food he eats, they have a dietitian who checks the kind of food he's supposed to eat and the kind of exercise he's supposed to do and everything that he does. And the Bible said that, uh, it is said that that guy does all those exercises because he wants to win what? A crown, a prize. Are you following? Are you following? And the Bible said when people want to win a prize or a crown, they do all this manner of exercise. He said they are temperate in all things. Why? Because they do it to obtain a perishable crown. That's the new King James. The King James says a corruptible crown. What is a corruptible crown? It means that the crown today it is valuable, but time will come it will not hold any value. The corruptible crown carries in it the idea of race or wrestling or boxing in those in the days of Paul they had wrestling and boxing and race now what they do was that when the people that do the boxing the wrestling and the race okay what they do was that they separate them from, from among the people and they give them special treatment and special training in order to be able to do that especially those who do the the race when they do the race they do something we call uh, pendant do you know pendant Pendant, and then there's another one called bantings. Um, when you go to India, you know, that, that flowers that you put in your neck. Have you, have you realized that Indians have some, some round, big, nice flower, and then when they receive a visitor, they put it on their neck. Have you, seen, have you seen that before in the Indian movies? Yes. That, that thing. In those days, that was the reward or the prize they give to them. And they realized that they, 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 they were made from flowers. So when they give it to them, after two, three days, they perish. I just was saying. So Paul knew all those things. Said, you know, all this what that they, the thing they are doing, the thing that is giving them within three days, they, they will do what? So he said, this is a perishable crown. But the thing God is going to, God is giving us, year after year, everlasting unto everlasting, it does not perish. <laughs> it means that God will give us a crown here, and we we'll go to heaven with a crown. Because it does not what? That's not perish. So he said, these people obtain a corruptible or perishable crown, but we an incorruptible crown. So one of the crowns Paul was talking about was a, a crown that will perish. The second, the third one was a crown that does not perish. Are we together? 
Are we together? And then we also have a crown of rejoicing. That is talking about those who who will see the second coming of Jesus, the crown of rejoicing. And we have the crown of righteousness. We have the crown of life. We have the crown of glory. We have the crown of gold. We have the crown of 12 stars. (laughs) Hello? Yeah, in Revelation chapter 12. And we have golden crown in Revelation chapter 14, verse 14. Are you getting me? Now, for the, for the sake of time, that's why I didn't give you all that, the, the rest of the Old Testament. But the New Testament is applicable to our lives. We have a golden crown. So what kind of crown was Paul saying that after paying all this price, denying myself, what kind of crown was God going to give me? God, what is Paul said that God is going to give him an incorruptible crown, which is a golden crown. Are we together? And ladies and gentlemen, if you learn to pay the price for God, to fulfill the will of God in our lives, to fulfill the agenda of God in our lives, God will give us an incorruptible crown, which is a golden crown. And I pray that for all your toil, for all your labor, for all, your, for all the sacrifices, may God give you a golden crown. I say, may God give you a golden crown, an incorruptible crown, an imperishable crown. May God give you a crown of gold in the name of Jesus. Yeah. He said, you know what? I'm sacrificing everything because I know God will give me a crown of gold. Ladies and gentlemen, we will never serve God and lose. Are we together? You never, never, I've never heard anybody like that. I've never seen anybody say, I serve God and lost. Then he didn't do that. God is not a man to lie. He is not a man to forget his promises. Whatever he said he would do, he what? He would do it. And let me say something because it's Father's Day. Whatever your father couldn't do for you, we have a father in heaven. He will give you what? A golden crown. So if your fathers have not been able to, your fathers are late like my father, and he's not be able to give you any estate, any land, any property. But you have a golden crown in heaven awaiting for you. And God will also honor you in this earth before you go to heaven. Yeah. A golden crown. And when we know that we're having a golden crown, then we're willing and ready to fight and pay the price in order to attain this crown. I pray that your labor will never be in vain. Your toil will never be in vain. I pray that God will equip and empower you to make enough sacrifices to achieve this crown. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for connecting with us today. You can join CCC Agape City Chapel on Sundays at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., and 6 p.m. For prayer, counseling, direction, and giving, call our helpline on 024-151-7975 or 020-990-5838. God bless you.